Your day has just begun. But for DJ and PK, they're just hitting their stride. It's time for all your headlines from the night in sports. As DJ and PK tell you what's trending. Are you ready? On 97.5, 1280 The Zone and The Zone Sports Network. Hashtag NBA. I was so tired. If I tried to get out of bed from Saturday the 14th through Tuesday, March 17th, I kid you not, I could not be out of bed for five minutes without needing to go back to bed and lay down. And it was that Tuesday, St. Patrick's Day, I was thinking, boy, I don't have any of the normal symptoms, but I thought to myself, it it seems to me I should probably get tested. That's Doris Burke, ESPN NBA analyst. Now am I the only one who thinks, well, yeah, I know a lot of people who should get tested. I know somebody in Connecticut who's been waiting for a test for more than a week now. But she got tested. Now the good news is she's cleared more than two weeks without symptoms. Boston Celtic guard Marcus Smart also announced more than two weeks without symptoms. Both have tested positive for the disease, have been in isolation, but now they're two weeks with no symptoms of COVID-19. And uh, extreme fatigue, Doris Burke talks about, has been mentioned again and again by people who went to more days of medical school than me. And that would be one. Your first day of medical school would be more days than me. Utah Jazz issuing a statement Friday that all their players and staff have been cleared by the Utah Department of Health after completing their respective periods of isolation and quarantine after exposure to COVID-19. Also, Knicks owner James Dolan testing positive for the coronavirus. His club said in a statement Saturday night, Dolan, 64, is experiencing, quote, little to no symptoms, close quote, close quote, and is self-isolating. And, of course, with the NBA, and we're going to talk about this with uh, Steve Cleveland, our basketball insider, at 9 o'clock. Can they really get restarted in May? Mark Cuban has hinted that. One thing that's been floated has been moving everybody to one city. Have you ever been in Vegas when a couple of Conference basketball tournaments are going on at the same time, two or three of them. Could they really put the whole league in there? Think of all the games that would have to be played. 16 games, if teams were played every other day, that'd be eight games. Can that really work? We'll talk with Steve Cleveland about some of the logistics. Once you get inside it and you sit in those meetings, you hear more about the logistics, where teams train and all that. We'll talk with Steve Cleveland about that at 9 o'clock. Hashtag college football. The Big 12 will join other Power 5 conferences in allowing virtual meetings between athletes, coaches, and staff beginning today. All virtual group activities, including film study, are limited to two hours per week in all sports, the statement said, adding that these policies will be revisited and adjusted at regular interviews. Only accountable coaches conduct virtual film study, technical discussions, tactical sessions, and other non-physical activities. Additionally, the Big 12 said that coaches can recommend written self-directed workout plans for athletes as well. PK, that's a lot of jargon right there. I know you love the jargon. Uh, you lost me. I checked out. <laughs> I thought I might. I thought I might. You know, PK, we've got the uh, we got the distance. We got the physical separation and all that. So he's on remote. I'm in the studio. We can't see each other. But it's like it's like Star Wars in the Force. I can feel it. I can feel your your head rolling back. Uh, <laughs> I don't know why the Big Twelve wasn't allowing that in the first place. That doesn't make any sense to me. Why couldn't they do virtual meetings until now? The Big 12 bringing up the rear on technology. (laughs) Okay. What is wrong with them? Two weeks. Come on. Come on. 
All right, DJ and PK. Hashtag Major League Baseball. Agent Scott Boris believes the agreement reached between Major League Baseball and the Players Union sends the wrong message. That's the quote. Sends the wrong message. Close quote. Not getting a close quote out of you, huh, Yak? Not happening? All right. Uh, he says it. Uh, they've come to terms on possibly shortening the draft, but that limits the financial pool for amateur players. And I don't always get this uh, legal stuff and the technical stuff, PK, but anytime I know Scott Boris is against something, I know that that's going to limit revenue for players and limit his commission. You know, he came up with the plan to play the World Series, you know, right before Christmas. So I know that that's the maximum amount of money possible for the players. That's the only thing I can really, I really know when Scott Boris gets involved. Yeah, it seems like he's money-driven for sure. Yeah. Uh, under the terms of the agreement, the commissioner has the right to shorten the 2020 draft from 40 rounds to as few as five. So there could be a lot of undrafted free agents out there. He can also short the 2021 draft to as few as 20 rounds. I'm not sure I get the logic of that, but Scott Boris doesn't like it, so now you know. All right, DJ and PK, there are the headlines. There is what is trending Brought to you by Shamrock Plumbing. Receive a free reverse osmosis system with the purchase of any water softener at Shamrock Plumbing, 801-295-1690. That's Shamrock Plumbing. Uh, One other headline. You probably uh, heard the news breaking yesterday afternoon. Bob Garf passing away. He was uh, was the guy behind the Utah Blitz soccer team and then the Utah Blaze indoor football team. Uh, The Garfs wrote a a huge check to support the south end zone renovation up at the University of Utah. He's on the Utah Sports Commission and uh, also uh, was chairman of the uh, 2002 Winter Olympics and uh, decided to hire Mitt Romney when everything was was going wrong and they needed someone new to come in. Bob Garf was 77. His daughter on Facebook said it was COVID-19, but... He had influence in the uh, in the world of sports here in Utah for years and years, right up to uh, the uh, remodeling. If you haven't driven by the stadium, uh, it's underway. There's construction going up there. Construction workers are uh, working on that south end zone. They'll be working on it later today. Yeah. Uh, he was at the press conference uh, a year ago, spring ball, not this start, but the storm. Uh, what would be, uh, yeah. And then also to the blaze. He took me down to Phoenix. Oh, yeah. And yeah, they went and it took several of us, some media guys, to go down and watch the uh, Arizona Rattlers play to get a feel. And then we golfed the next day with Danny White. And so we went down and it was sponsored by the Gars because they were bringing the Blaze. And the funny thing is that was the weekend that Steve Cleveland decided to resign. So I'm down there and I'm working for the watchdog, but I'm representing a radio station. And the whole time I was in the press room uh, because Steve Cleveland was resigning to take the Fresno job. So I barely saw any of the game. (laughs) (laughs) Although the next day I did golf, uh, I think nine holes with Danny White. Of course, Danny White was the coach of the uh, arena team. Yes, and we were out in a course in the East Valley, out in the Mesa area. That's where Danny was from. And I sliced one so bad off the, no, I hooked it, excuse me. I hooked it so bad off the tee that it went in the middle of some fairway that was going in the opposite direction. Yeah. And at the time there, I went and looked for my ball. So somebody who's right in the middle of the fairway is wondering, what am I doing going the other direction? 
And of all people, it was a former University of Utah guard, Terry Preston. <laughs> so... <laughs> What's Terry Preston doing there? <laughs> He's down there. I think he was golfing with his father-in-law. And so we had a little reunion And uh, because I covered him. He didn't play his senior year, but I covered him the three prior years. So we were talking, catching up. Meanwhile, my partner at the time, it wasn't Danny White. You remember a guy named Ian Fitzsimmons? Of course. He was the, yeah. he was the guy I was golfing with. And he's wondering, what is taking that guy <laughs> so long? <laughs> Is he talking to that blonde guy over there? <laughs> and so the Garfs had sponsored that trip, and we hung with them a little bit, and obviously they were very nice people, and then spoke to them um, the prior, not this past March, well, I guess we're still in March, but a year ago March, when they started spring ball, because the Garfs were, as you say, making a large donation to get that south end zone remodeled, and and uh, it was badly needed because that was the one part of the stadium that has been lacking. And as you say, if you drive up, what is that, 4th South? You could see all the construction going on in the South End. I don't know the status of it with the virus, but I know the Garfs have been very generous in the community. And when I saw that yesterday, I mean, I didn't know him that well, hardly at all, basically. I don't even know if he had any clue who I was, but nevertheless, well, I think we all feel a sense of community loss. Yeah, I, I didn't know him, I mean, just to speak to him a couple times in passing, but uh, absolutely touched a lot of people, uh, had, had an impact in a lot of different phases of the uh, sports community. And then he did a lot of other stuff, too, so it's not just the sports community that knew him. Obviously, he ran the Garf Auto Group. He was in the uh, quorum of the 70. He was in the state legislature for uh, several years, so uh, he, he was really active on a lot of fronts. All right, DJ and PK, coming up this morning, Mark Harlan, Utah Athletic Director. I spoke to him for an interview that ran on KUTV, and as part of that, PK, I actually drove by. It was Wednesday of last week. I went past the stadium, and they were the construction was still going on. I, I assume they're you know, doing some things a little differently because of the virus and social distance and all that, but you know, it's a big project. You can be working on different parts of it, and guys can be separated from each other. So uh, we talked a little bit about that. Uh, it's a two-part thing, but we'll hear part one coming up uh, in the next segment and talking as he had to tell all the spring sport coaches that their seasons were done and also spring football, can they restart it, and his worries about football in the fall uh, and then just day-to-day life. It's weird. You know, I um, my daughter, well, she doesn't anymore because everything stopped, but she is a dancer, and the dance class is in a building where I have to drive right past the University of Utah and turn on that road that there's a road if you're familiar with it that's just west of the arena that goes past the tunnel and so I go by the Huntsman Center if I have to pick her up or drop her off and that place is either always empty when there's nothing going on at night or it's completely full you know there's a game or if you go by in the day it's totally full and it was weird driving by the other day it was half full I'm thinking that's the one thing it never is but uh, they're, they're using social distancing he talks a little bit about that So that's coming up next. Jordan Pendleton, owner of Pendleton Performance, former BYU linebacker. Everybody's trying to work out now. How can you work out and train now for whenever your sport comes back, or even just to stay generally healthy? We can talk to him about that and about BYU football, and then Steve Cleveland at 9 o'clock. DJ and PK, it's 97.5 and 1280 The Zone.